We are controlling transmission. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we're here today to talk about one of our favorite Space Invader movies, one of our favorite horror movies involving a space invader. Who invades spaces. We are talking about Ridley Scott's Alien from 1979. (laughs) John did not like the double entendre that I was pushing with that title, but I think it works. I think there's a lot of personal space being invaded in both of the films that we're we're doing in this double feature, so take that. Yeah, heads up. (laughs) Next week, we're going to be talking about The Thing, which is a movie about an alien who invades some tighter spaces. Is this no? Okay, yeah, you know what? Uh, Let's save that. Let's save that for next week. Uh, at the very least, you've probably seen both of these movies, but if you haven't, now is your chance to prepare for next week. We're watching The Thing. Feel free to watch it for the hundredth time. But, you know, if you are watching either The Thing or Alien for the first time, based on our recommendation, Kim, what are what are three good things about Alien for anybody who hasn't seen it yet? Ooh, off the top? Yeah. Um, Unprepared, by the way. I do, you do not have them written in front of you. No. I'm sorry for springing this on you. No, it's cool. Uh, there's a cat. That does it. That makes it spoiler alert all the way to the end. Okay, that's something something optimistic to look out for if this, you're watching this for the first time. Don't have to worry about that cat. Put that on the back shelf. Cat's fine. Sure. Two. Ripley. She's dope. She's so fucking cool. Three. Who's this- sorry? Who's Ripley? Ripley is uh, Sigourney Weaver in yes. the most badass role of her life, even though there's many. And she's just kick ass. She's real cool. She's a stickler for the law, uh, and the law being the handbook or whatever. <laughs> Got the it. Nostromo handbook. Bring this home, Kim. So if you've never seen Alien before, you've heard lots about it. What's the real reason you should be checking this movie out if you've uh, been putting it off? Point three, the alien, the titular alien, is terrifying. It comes in many shapes and forms, if those haven't all been right? spoiled for you. Each iteration, super dope, super terrifying, sometimes a little funny, but gets you with a scare. Okay, so there you go. No spoilers, except for the cat thing. Uh, <laughs> if, if you haven't seen Alien yet, that's exactly why we recommend you check it out. If you've seen it before, or you're just too scared to, to even bother trying, uh, the, next, the next half hour is going to be full spoiler talk about a movie from 40 years ago. <laughs> Prepare yourself. Before we get started, though, Kim, a question I like to ask you every Thursday. What's keeping you creepy this week? Well, I know what's not keeping me creepy this week, and it's the Scream movie that everybody is seeing, except for what feels like Ontario. So here where we are, theaters are closed down because the Omicron variant is raging hard, and Ontario likes to just, like, shut down all the fun shit, which, you know what? I don't envy them. They have a really hard job. I'm not going to complain about politics here. All I know is that I can't watch Scream. It's only available in theaters. So for the time being, I'm just not going to be on fucking Twitter. So if you want to talk to me, uh, 
don't <laughs> <laughs> send a carrier pigeon and do not do not send scream spoilers. I will be filtering the scream hashtag on Twitter. Any scream related words on Twitter. No, Sydney Prescott. Don't tweet at Sydney Prescott to me because I will not see it. I'm muting all those words. I have no idea how we're going to eyes on the prize get to the end of this wave so we can see this movie unspoiled. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm sure we're going to know. I'm who really the, worried about that. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to know who the killer is before we get a chance to see it. But for those of you who get to enjoy Scream this week, I am very, very jealous. I'm so stoked for you. I am very pumped for oh, it. Oh, yeah. I am living vicariously. I can, the, the horror community on the internet is buzzing oh, right now. Oh, like people are high on the Scream marketing. <laughs> They've done a really great job. All of the artwork. That new fucking cool. poster, Everything right? Everything has been so... I just... I'm just a sad sack right now, though. I'm just like, meh. Oh, my Scream. Meh. <laughs> But in terms of what's actually keeping me creepy this week. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> I was giving you the signal like, ask me what's keeping me creepy. I forgot that we haven't actually gotten to your point. Yeah. So I've been binging Yellow Jackets. I just kind of caught the wave. That's another one that for lack of a of a B-ear term, everybody on the internet has also been buzzing about is just like how dope this Yellow Jackets show has been. I knew nothing about it. And I love going into things like that. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise, it's a little bit of a horror series. It, it's, it's starting to get get a little weird and scary nine episodes in i think that might be the end of the season i'm not so sure it's a showcase for those of you who have showcase if you're in canada it's on crave on demand that's how i've been watching it it's got christina ricci in it and maybe her best role in a really long time she's pretty great she is so good the the show has definitely got some dark underbelly that it's really working towards revealing and you maybe sort of think it's about teenage girls who go cannibal so uh that's that's what the straws we're pulling at with this show and so if if you're a fan of anything like that i would say it's got that like lord of the flies kind of uh you know kids get lost in in the wilderness and they maybe start eating each other but <laughs> we're not sure yet yeah there's definitely some ritualistic a- aspects to it i think they might be fucking witches but we'll see <laughs> that'd be rad that's my prediction that's my guess that's gonna be a good season finale if that's what we find out this week this week right the season finale I or is no it already idea. wrapped I have no idea I'm in, in that state of my life where I'll just turn the TV on and if there's content for me I enjoy it and if there isn't then I just you know pet my dogs and go to bed that's, <laughs> that's where I am emotionally <laughs> one of the biggest pieces of content that I have enjoyed this week is that we have to stop saying content it squicks me out yeah we're just out here enjoying content give me that content yeah. we're like junkies yes <laughs> I've made peace with it. (laughs) It's fine. And how I'm getting my fix this week? What's keeping me creepy? The new trailer for Ty West's X. The first trailer for Ty West's X. Ty West, a director who brought you The House of the Devil. Dope. The Innkeepers. Also dope. That really creepy segment in VHS. I think that was dope. I don't remember it. That's the one where the hun- they're on the honeymoon, or they're on their like second honeymoon. That was pretty spooky. That was a pretty spooky one. P.S. The directors of the new Scream movie have the best segment of VHS, the first VHS, the Halloween night teddy bear cam. <gasps> that one is the best. Yeah, those are the guys that are bringing you the new oh. Scream movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Either way, Ty West has a new movie coming out. It's called X. It's an A24 movie. Hits theaters mid-March, March 18th, I March-ish. think. March-ish. Yeah, may have a surprise premiere at South by Southwest. That'd be my that'd be my guess. But it's it looks very Texas Chainsaw Massacre inspired. So Texas Chainsaw-y. Rather than a group of kids that are going to visit a, a visit a graveyard in Texas, we got a group of young people making porno. 
<laughs> yeah, so they they rent out a farmhouse and they're they haven't exactly told the people that they're they're renting the barn from what they're shooting and it seems like things go things take a turn for the worse once they one are discovered and two the mom of the house and go out at night starts mark. <laughs> yeah being a weird creepy sundowny type monster person I was gonna say from the trailer it gives me very the Texas Chainsaw Massacre a la 70s meets uh, M Night Shyamalan's The Visit yeah 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 I'm about that yeah I'm looking forward to it totally so I would I would highly encourage you to check out that trailer also Mia Goth and Britney Snow in like 70s porn star makeup yeah I'm, man like with the big hair and the blue eyeshadow I'm so pumped can't wait for it rompers short shorts high waisted jeans it's yeah! all there for you in that trailer I'm so stoked before we get into the alien discussion just a quick little heads up if you are listening to this the day that it drops Thursday January 13th we will be hosting a live stream tonight. In the Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash Fiend Club. We're watching Scream 4. We're helping you guys get ready for the new Scream movie. We're living vicariously through you. We're avoiding any spoilers that anybody might have in the chat who snuck out to see it in a matinee Thursday morning. Yeah, if any of you have seen the movie, you come to that live stream, you better be so on your best behavior. <laughs> Half the people that are in the Fiend Club Discord channel that can't make it are going to see like, Scream sorry, that night anyway. I already got my ticks. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm so happy for you, you jerks. <laughs> but yeah, please join us. Chat with your fellow fiends. Laugh it up. Revisit the franchise that started it all uh, before seeing the new Scream. Come watch Scream 4 with us. If you haven't seen it in a while, it is a highlight of the franchise. I don't know where I would put it, but I think, like every movie, it's tied for first or second place. Every time I watch the fourth one, it gains kind of ranks, in my opinion, every single time. I'm interested to see it again now and then to be able to compare it to the new one whenever I get to see that one (laughs) because it's got some kind of creative... Like, this is a reboot, but is it a reboot elements at play? Because it it plays with what a horror franchise is. So definitely fun to revisit before the fifth one. Hell yeah. That is what's keeping us creepy this week. It's time to talk about Ridley Scott's Alien. After a brief message from our sponsors, please don't touch that dial. Attention. To the crew of the commercial vessel Nostromo, a word of warning. A word of warning. A word of warning. Alien. Coming this summer to a theater near you. From 1979, Ridley Scott's Alien is currently sitting at an 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, 89% on Metacritic, and 4.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd. So I'm just going to go out the gate here. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said about the opening of this movie. I, I'm sorry, I'm smacking on my hand. If you can just hear, like I'm, <laughs> I'm making a point here. I took notes while we watched this. this Did is you the, actually? This is the only note I took. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that it opens like a fucking opera? That it's like a like a space opera. I wrote down space opera in my notes app. Uh, okay. Yeah, it reminds. 
this is this is gonna be so out of left field for anything else we talk about so like this is the first time you're listening to the podcast i promise it's never this highbrow but it reminds me very much of william shakespeare's midsummer's night's dream when all of the main characters wake up on the forest floor because like i don't know the fairy pippin was like i'm gonna drug y'all with love and then they all wake up and they're like yeah that's alien they all wake up out of their pods you know to this Uh (laughs) uh-huh space opera oh god and mother is the the fairy pixie person who's awoken them you know i don't think this is a hot take john i'm sure that we are gonna find so many essays on how alien is just midsummer's night's dream with lots of death sure and Uh, kane and the face hugger they locked eyes with each other fell in love inseparable (laughs) from then on (laughs) they got married and they lived happily ever after uh with their weird blood (laughs) okay Sure. I just think the beginning is like a very so operatic with one the music choice and two how we are not starting on a character we the camera is like sweeping through the setting and stuff okay it just reminds me how when you see a play typically you open up on like an empty stage and your actor walks in huh okay so I don't know if this is necessarily like tacking on to what you've said there, but like one of the things I really like about Alien is how slow it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this must be a play from from yonder ages. Look at look at how slow it is. <laughs> and I, I knew that going in. Like, what I really do love the pace of Alien. It is a slow ass movie, and I think that's what makes it so creepy. I think that's what makes all of the scares so effective. But I, part of me is always curious what movies like this play as to a younger audience. So I tried to think about, like, what's a snotty 14-year-old going to say about this movie? And definitely, it's slow as fuck in the beginning. What I like about it, though, in terms of its slowness, is just that it's a very quiet movie and it's very still otherwise. There's not a lot of characters. There's not a ton of dialogue. So all of the major events, there's there's quite a few turning point events that are so... They seem so monumental because they tentpole the film. Like you have the beacon and then you have the the we found the eggs and then you <laughs> have the face hugger. It really grabs your attention because the film is so quiet otherwise. Like it prepares you so, oh shit, something's really happening. I better zoom in on this. Yeah. It's got a it's got a sort of like float through the scenery pace. Is the is, is that because ca- it's in space? Yeah, I think it's because it's in space. Sure, yeah. I think it's it's also just like, you know, no one's going to run outside and chase a cab down and like whip down to the library to learn something. Like everything is happening here and everything's happening within these walls and there's nowhere else to go. And and I think part of that slow stillness is just what makes it utterly terrifying. Mm-hmm. There isn't really a lot of time to prepare, though. They are going right into protocols, more or less, because you'll find out as you go through the film that protocols aren't necessarily being followed. And they're just trying to make their best judgment calls based on their roles. And that's where a lot of the characters butt heads. And that's where you get kind of the, the conflict between the different characters, which I really enjoy because we don't have to get into a lot of unnecessary backstory which most most films you're learning a bit about your characters and the fact that we don't know a single thing about these people other than what their role is on the ship Mm -hmm. and how they react to the situation that's all you know about them that's a really good point yeah you get like one breakfast with them and then you've essentially learned everything about the crew yeah and i think that's why i like 
Ripley so much because maybe I see a lot of myself in her that she's like not a stickler for the rules, but she's just very well, this is what we're supposed to be doing, so this is how we should be doing it. And like yeah. I see that in myself where I'm like, why are you guys deviating from the plan? Is this now suddenly like a, a COVID movie for you? Or she's just like, if you, break, if you break quarantine, you endanger us all. <laughs> well, and you're just seeing how flippant they are with it, and you're like... Yeah, I get that. I see that. I see how this happened. I get. I get how this. I get how this occurred. I mean, it also helps that Ripley's just got like a huge perm. Like, I think you would die for that hair right now. In her outfit, she looks so bad. We yes. we didn't make it more than a halfway through this movie before Kim was like, "I gotta get a green jumpsuit." Like, you just. You, like, I'm sure somebody's already made the patches. I'm mm. definitely. Surely to God, in at least a year or two, we'll be able to go to Disney and just buy the whole thing. Oh my God, can you imagine? You go into Tomorrowland and there's like an alien store. Fuck, that's what they should be doing with the Star Wars pavilion at Halloween. They should be turning it into Alien. Yeah. Fuck. That'd be great. They just need to open a Universal Studios-ish wing of the Disney properties that they've acquired that aren't kid properties. Like, this is the the 13 and up Disneyland. Disneyland wow, can you imagine Disneyland an, intense. an amusement park that has age <laughs> restrictions? That'd be rad. This is going to be a scary-ass ride. Yeah, you leave all the kitties at Magic Kingdom, and you're like, bye-bye! Oh, you can also use swears. Like, that's, that's the other <laughs> you can have swears here! <laughs> No alcohol in the park, but everyone's allowed to say swears. (laughs) Buying shot glasses that say poo and ass. (laughs) So, yeah, this crew of just regular ass workers, basically, because that's the thing. Like, they are essentially truckers. This is like a blue collar ship. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They're, They're woken up before they've reached Earth because there's a distress beacon somewhere in the middle of nowhere that they've got to go investigate. And capitalist protocol says, investigate <laughs> that beacon. Could be money on that beacon. <laughs> We're Yeah, exactly. We'll get back to the capitalist part because that's the real villain of the movie. But they, they go down to this planet. It's immediately a horrible place. Like, it's windy. It's dark. No one wants to be there. But this crew's kind of got balls of steel. And Like, they go down and then there's just caverns like a gigantic city space and these huge alien skeletons i would have left right away fucking chill about it the one girl is like yeah i don't feel right about this and then the one dude's like hey i found this warm damp place i'm gonna go in and you're like "Mm, warm and damp doesn't sound good there's a whole section of this movie that is 15 minutes long and every 30 seconds you're like that's where i would have turned around that's where i would have went back to the ship that's where i would have said no like i do not understand some of the decisions that kane makes and that's why he ends up getting a fucking alien stuck to his face one two skip a few he pokes an egg and it opens (laughs) He he puts his flashlight against that egg, that gross, disgusting-looking thing. Love it. Looks so fucking dope, though. It's incredible. Yeah. But there's very clearly a live, squiggy alien inside of it. And I I don't like any of it. And also, they saw the dude upstairs. They know how big it gets. The the, the fun thing about this movie is you got to remember that these characters don't have any understanding of the Alien franchise. They've never come across a thing that bleeds acid when you cut it. They've never had any of their friends face-hugged and chest-bursted. No one's ever been eaten. <laughs> you know, so I understand that, and it's also weird kind of coming into be like, okay, well, I guess they're in a world where other life forms are a thing. They're 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 not necessarily to rescue humans. They're there to go investigate this potential intelligent life that sent off this beacon because obviously you have to be intelligent life to set off that beacon. So the fact that they're like so blase about it 
is hard to get over, especially when they bring a guy back on the ship who's got a face hugger attached to him. So you think they've come into contact with other aliens, but they're all Not like they're all these like people specifically. But I think there's got to be some understanding and knowledge of alien life because mm. just because they have protocols about quarantine and la la la. Also, they aren't amazed at the sheer fact that there's another ship that's clearly made by an alien person. They're not just like, oh my god, we're not alone in the universe! <laughs> that's what blows my mind about Alien I do not think we talk about enough, is that these aliens are intelligent. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. The, 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 thing, the, the thing I like the most about the first movie is that it has... It leaves you with so many questions. Nothing's answered. You don't learn anything about where these things came from. You don't learn anything about the dead alien that they find near the beacon. There's no investigation into, <laughs> into learning anything about them. Well, there's but nobody just, left. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, yeah, who are you going to ask, right? Uh, but I, I, I just like how unclear everything is. And you are left to build your own sort of mythology. Uh, it kind of, that's what makes it like the perfect organism. You know, it's just like one of it. it bleeds acid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. Ash is just like, it's just fucking metal, man. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Are its teeth metal? Because it shows its its inner, it's, it's got a mouth that it opens to reveal another mouth that I swear to gosh is metal. It looks metal. It definitely, yeah. And, and I it's think like, it's it looks metal. Some fava it doesn't have and a eyes. Nice it doesn't make any sense that it would be born into life with metal, but I'm fine with it. It's an alien. It's it's again more more questions than answers, but it all seems to work in like a nightmare logic-y kind of way where you just accept it. You're just like, ah, oh, fuck, it's an alien, man. Well, I yeah, because it can live on whatever the atmosphere of its planet was. It can live in this optimal oxygen tank that the humans have brought along. And for a while there, it's it's shot out into space at the end and is seems to be flailing fine. Yeah, he looks like he'd thrive anywhere. Yeah. Damn. And there's that, I don't remember what that thing Ash said about the skin of it, about how it sheds its skin very, very quickly and replaces it with like some sort of silicone fucking thing. But the point is like it's 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 good to go in any environment by the sounds of it. Like so you think that's why it evolved after it chest bursted was because it was acclimating to the environment? I don't know. Cuz it a got good big real fast. Like it I think big real just... fast and had to eat nothing for it. Like <laughs> goddamn. He just hulked out of his little skin. He was just like boof and then he was all shoulders. Yeah, and he, so here's the thing. Harry Dean Stanton when he dies, which is RIP Harry Dean. Um when he goes looking for Jonesy the cat, he finds the schluffed off skin that it's that it's hulked out of. The droppings. And it's not like he found 18 versions of it where I had to keep growing and growing and growing. It just like bursted out of that one set and just like do 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 just like became <laughs> the fucking xenomorph, right? Yeah, it got real big. I love the what's the the gestation of the creature. Sure. I I just love the different stages of it. I think yeah. it's it's unfortunate because this is one of those movies that predates me, so I never got to be surprised by it, but Yeah. I don't know if we'd seen a lot of different iterations of um, an alien before and that it would go through um, different stages. One that involves human beings as a host Hell yeah, is man. pretty fucking cool. The chest burster, when he comes out, he's all small and he's kind of adorable when he squeezes off and he's like, hee hee, <laughs> <laughs> with his tiny little mouth. And I his... don't imagine that he was adorable and in 1979. No <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, 
and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. It is one of those movies in a long line of classics that you just don't know what it was like to not know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Because the movie is not played for yucks. Like, it's it's super haunting, and every time we see the xenomorph, especially when he's fully formed in his adult-sized body, he's terrifying, because he pops out of the darkness. Like, he gets some really good jump scares. When he kills Dallas, when Dallas drops down, he's got the flamethrower or whatever, and he jumps out of the darkness with his, like, huge man paws. <laughs> You're like, fuck! I, I legit had a jump, but left couch for that moment. You know, if you want to be less scared of the alien from Alien, all you gotta do... Do you have a factoid, or are you... Yeah, it's kind of a factoid. Okay. Honestly, this is not, like, unheard knowledge. I give think, me give me the hot goth, I think I think everybody already knows this, and I maybe even have brought it up on the podcast before, but because, this, because of the design of the suit and how big it was, especially the tail, the actor who was in it had to sit in, like, a special customized swing... That would, you know, hold him you up. You did tell me this. Yeah, and also his tail. So, yeah, in between takes, he would have to go sit on a swing. So Aww. you can just keep that in mind. And he's just, you know, rocking back and forth. <laughs> That's so cute. Speaking of things that have may, we may have said on the podcast before that are also really great. Yeah. Actually, something <laughs> something crazy I read the other day is that, like, 2022 is the year uh, Soylent Green is set. Oh. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that that disdain for the future, like that capitalist disdain for the future that was in all uh, dystopian movies of the 80s, we are feeling that disdain again now. So you're just like, I see how that was set now. <laughs> well, I think largely some of that is, is due to, you know, artists seeing laws that were being passed. They're like, oh, yeah, if we don't fix shit by 20 whatever, it's going to be shit. And then we're like, yeah, it is shit. Yeah, here we are now living <laughs> living through it. Yeah. Through, through a pandemic and nobody can agree on, like, when to shop for bread. <laughs> like, it'll be safe. Oh, God. Well, even just outside of that, yeah, corporations, they have too much power. And that's oh, that's boy. that's one of the great things about this movie. Bring it back. That's the real true evil of <laughs> Alien is that. The true message. <laughs> The aliens aren't nearly as dangerous as the fucking company who's just like, yeah, no, I mean, like, if you got to eat all these guys, that's cool. Mother will, like, set coordinates, bring you back to Earth. Like, they don't give a fuck. Believe in Mother. And, like, Mother's run by Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not too far off. Yeah. Like, just, oh, the sheer greed of it all I, I and it's like you know for a fact that it's so much information is relayed to you through just like offhanded little bits of conversation because it's all common knowledge like there isn't going to be a scene where ripley sits somebody down like don't you remember there's a military division of the company back home and blah 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 blah, blah. it's just like oh yeah they're probably going to take this for the military division like it's it's just under her breath at, at some moment and you're like oh yeah they would try and take this and weaponize it yeah, and the fact that there's a secret android on board, like one of their crew, there's only like eight of them. One of them is a robot that was replaced at the last minute. Who is essentially the person who has stopped Ripley from ensuring that something like this never happens. She's the one that's been like real adamant about breaking quarantine. Or about, sorry, about keeping- Following protocol. Following protocol, keeping Kane quarantined. And I mean, realistically, 
he did not do shit to try and help Kane once they brought him on the boat. And also, as chief science officer, he should be leading the masking on the ship. And as as somebody who's watching this in a pandemic, when they go in and Kane still has the face hugger on and nobody is wearing a goddamn mask, that is on Ash. That is totally on him. And he didn't need it because he's an android and he doesn't actually breathe. Yeah, and he doesn't care if it takes out more people. It's probably not even going to attack him, right? True. Damn. Yeah, he's fine. What? That's obviously why they wanted an android on the ship. What do you think about his milk blood? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> Especially when he's just a like floating head and the, and he's talking. He's oh. like, <laughs> like sputtering it out. It's everywhere. It's so gross. Yeah, it is gross. Like, why couldn't it just be oil? I guess milk is spicy. <laughs> he was because he he works for mother, so it's like mother's milk. Sure. <laughs> it's gross. Either Super way, gross. it's gross. That fucking scene where he goes evil and we see like the one bead of milky sweat come down his I know. brow. And you're like, what? You're like, what the fuck is happening is right he stressed now? Or? <laughs> oh yeah, that's a that's a weird one. I hate it. It's real gross. I don't like it at all. Even in the second one when Lance Hendrickson is like split open and stuff, it's uh, I don't I've never liked it. It's all you gross. You broke the and one weird. rule of of NOS Fight Club. Oh, don't we talk, don't talk about, about sequels. We don't talk about the sequel? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> At least when you're talking about the OG. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my favorite, so sorry, we glossed over this a little bit earlier, but I'd say one of my favorite moments with the Xenomorph, because you were talking about things that scare you, and like every time he pops out, it's just fucking terrifying with his crazy weird web fingers, and he's all bleh. You with know? his big man hands with is his- what I think I said. <laughs> I think that's what you said, yeah, <laughs> His, his hands are just too big. No human can have hands this big. Uh, there's there's a moment when it is attacking Yafet Kodo and Kathy Cartwright. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Lambert in the movie. Uh, who I just found out recently is the little girl from The Birds. Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so I really hope I got her name right. Uh, anyway. Yafet Koto gets in between her and and the alien. It takes a big old chunk out of him. And when it turns, they definitely have him on like a skateboard or something because it is such a smooth glide over toward her. But his <laughs> hands are outstretched, and it's such. It, it does look great because it's almost is, like he's floating through space to get to her. But you do when you do get that glimpse of him because it's the first time we've seen a lot of a lot of the xenomorph. Yeah. He's that showing head, some jazz hands. That, okay, <laughs> jazz hands indeed. But showing the whole head spectrum, those shoulders could not hold up that head. Like, that is a top-heavy boy. Well, that's what makes even this guy a, so scary. Even a slight breeze. Like, when we're talking about <laughs> perfect specimen, like, you just hit him with a leaf blower and he'll fall over that head so heavy. Hey, man, bees aren't supposed to be able to fly, but they fucking defy physics and do it. Good for bees. Yeah, right? Not taking shit from nobody. <laughs> Descendants of the xenomorph. Do you want to talk about that finale? Because I'm pretty sure we get to see the xenomorph have a nap. <laughs> I think that's what's happening too, right? It's She startles it. He doesn't. She doesn't know that it's on the escape pod. I think pod. he was trying to be a sneaky boy. So he snuck on the ship, found was, a good hiding spot. And he's like, I'm going to ride back to himself. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then fell asleep? Yeah. Okay. He thought he was being sneaky. He's like, I'll just have a little snooze in these here shadows. And he forgot he had a huge ass tail. And he like, whip, whip. And that that was was his downfall. So he was dreaming is what you're saying. Yeah, a little Like he was like chasing a human being. (laughs) (laughs) And his second mouth came out. Yeah. And it was like, chomp, chomp. I assume, and then maybe this is also why he doesn't eat the cat, that he's full. 
and he like he's he's oh, already like, he's having his little turkey snooze like yeah. it's Thanksgiving and he's just like oh big boy today yeah and who knows who knows how big of a boy he's gonna be when he wakes up from that nap like he's he's gotten as much protein as he needs he's gonna settle in cocoon See, up maybe that's interesting because we have no idea based on just this movie alone if the xenomorph is its final form that's a really good point damn. I never necessarily thought about that. That boy could get even bigger. Every fifteen minutes, he turns into something else. You're right, shit. But yeah, I think that's what was happening. I think he was just like having a quick little snooze, because he doesn't immediately try and attack Ripley when she startles him. When he startles her, she's got enough time to sort of quietly go get her spacesuit on. That's such a good scene. Hum a little tune to herself while she gets the the helmet in, secures herself down, and and opens the escape door. Um, it really isn't until she starts pressing buttons that he wakes up because mm-hmm. she's blasting him with cold air or something, I guess, right? <laughs> and he looks real upset about it, like, God damn it, I can't get a moment's peace on this ship. It does so well what, what the whole rest of the movie does is how it slows down for all of its scares and it, like, don't breathe or something, right? Like, you are you are holding your breath hoping that it's not going to see them, hoping that they're going to make it down that dark tunnel uh, without without anything happening, it is its use of suspense in all of those moments is genius, or it, how it wields suspense. Yeah, and is, the, is the restraint too, because you know that you have this killer fucking alien built and ready to go, and the fact that they do not overutilize it is so fucking smart. Yeah, they they show it off all the time. You never feel like you're seeing it too much, though, and. It's you, you also don't feel like you weren't given enough alien. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's all over the place, but it's not just little little jump scares here and there. Yeah, because in the hands of the wrong director, this could very much feel like they're being chased around by a dude in in a suit. Which is great because that's exactly what it is, but it doesn't <laughs> feel like that, right? Oh, it's so it's so so good. They really milk that explosion though. Like once 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 it does explode in the distance, she's like escaped, you know, everything's going to be safe and all. Uh she thinks that fucking thing is like a supernova. Like three the co- times. Yeah, three three separate explosions to take out this ship. And, and she's I'll... like, "Take that, you thing." And you, you thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one, the corporation definitely did that because it looks cool. But secondly, to make sure that like no one can take our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> the first one's for the living things. The second thing is for the pro- proprietary information. And the third thing is so you'll never see me again. (laughs) If this movie was made now, though, we totally would have pulled out and seen that the xenomorph is in the ship with her. And then there would have been right as she's pulling up to Earth. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I was joking about that while we were watching. Like she's doing a three point turn between two spaceships. And when she looks to check her blind spot, there's an alien there. And then credits. Yeah. That's uh, that's an alien movie. If Alien was made by Netflix. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. You would you would also see. That at the very beginning, like two, two days earlier. You know, like, <laughs> oh wow, how do we get here? I'm hooked now. Or Ripley's being questioned, and they're just like, "So, how are you the only surviving member of the Nostromo?" She's like, "Let me tell you a story." And she like lights a cigarette. She puts it out on her knee or something. <laughs> the interrogation room yeah. format, <laughs> classic. We should start doing this. We should start throwing some music underneath it and doing like a fake trailer. Like if if this movie came out tomorrow, what would it look like? Dun dun dun. I just wanted to follow protocol. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> One woman <laughs> <laughs> against all odds. 
All right, so there's probably going to be no surprises here, but John, what is your rating of Alien? Yeah, my rating of Alien is a four out of four. Yeah. Four out of four Xenomorphs. Yeah, I'm also four out of four. Yeah, this movie's a classic. It's incredible. It's I love so it. It's so good. Very spooky. Yeah, and like I can totally see, honestly, even just the space sequences, like the operatic stuff, I love all that. I love seeing the miniatures. I love seeing like the, the it just floating toward another planet and shit always looks good. And yeah, there's something so fun about analog space stuff because there's so many buttons and dials and screens and stuff, and you're just like, oh, they worked so hard to make this all look like it does something. And it's all dirty! Oh, I love how dirty... <laughs> it is nothing's clean and pristine and brand new it's all it all looks used yeah that's that's a that's a point for them yeah that's that's a big 80s move they're like ah make it look dirty it'll be believable but that's just our opinion man let us know what you thought of alien especially if this is your first time seeing it i want to know how this movie hits in 2022 if you've never seen it before um, did you know ash was an android that's probably a spoiler that's that's kept right like, I think it's just the chestburster thing. Yeah, the chestburster is one that you really don't. But, I mean, he gives off robot vibes. When you know he's a robot, he gives <laughs> off robot vibes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, when you already know the ending, you're like, oh, yeah, they really foreshadow this. I can see it ripples really throughout the whole thing. He really acts like a robot. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a real lack of empathy. I can't lie to you about your chances, but... You have my sympathies. Tweeted us at NOFS Podcast on Twitter. You can find us in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash discord. Please leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed the show. Like and subscribe, follow wherever you get your podcasts, and join us in the Nightmare on Film Street Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash fiend club for exclusive bonus content and access to the live watch parties that we host regularly. We're watching Scream 4 tonight, the day that this podcast drops, January 13th. Full details at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. Yeah, and John recently just put up a bonus episode there uh, with recommendations of our favorite festival finds of 2021. So 10 movies from the festival season. Oh, there's more than 10. <laughs> I did not live it myself. <laughs> 10 plus-ish movies uh, from the festival season that we both really enjoyed. So if you're looking for stuff that's going to be hitting release this year, hopefully likely, oh yeah, hit up that episode. It's a bonus episode just for Fiend Club members. And remember, next week we're talking about John Carpenter's The Thing. But until then, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.